Hey, this is Rich Peterson with Remax Gold, and welcome to the Peterson Report. Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022, and it is also National Princess Day. I'm just saying. I feel like I need some kind of walk-up music for my podcast. That was one of the questions that my manager had asked us about a couple of years ago, and after a bit of a debate over whether or not I was allowed to choose opera, I finally settled on I Want to Break Free by Queen. Now, a couple of years later, and some pretty achy knees, I'm thinking Painkiller by Three Days Grace might be better. Although, I will be honest, It's Hard to Be Humble by Mac Davis is a good 1A. It's the start of rivalry week in college football tomorrow, which means two things. Go Bears and Go Ags. Saturday is the 40th anniversary of the play, and it is also the penultimate game that Joe Starkey will be broadcasting for my beloved Bears. I've had great enjoyment listening to him as a play-by-play announcer for the 49ers, the Sharks in the beginning, back when they were in the Cow Palace, and, of course, Cal football. He truly is one of a kind. And now I hate to bring even bring up the Aggie-Sac State game because the Hornets are number two in the nation. They might be the only team west of the Rockies ranked in the top 25. I love me some Aggie coach Dan Hawkins, but damn, give me some Troy Taylor these days. He's brought some old-school Bruce Snyder back to Sacramento. Don't forget that we're knee-deep in the high school football playoffs, and I've got to say go Panthers and go Wolves. Thankfully, ACHS and my alma mater, St. Mary's, are in different divisions. Otherwise, I'd have a hard time. ACHS is the number three seed, and they're on to the second round of NCAS, and St. Mary's is undefeated, and they were just profiled and number one seed. I still remember painting my face red and white as a senior when they played Alhambra for the NCS title in 91. As one woman said, you are ugly. I took it as a compliment, though. And on that note, let's get to the real estate news for the week. I saw an article earlier in the week that stated that 37% of real estate offices couldn't make rent in October. This is a 10% increase from the month before. In all honesty, there are probably too many of us floating around. This can be a brutal business. And like many other industries right now, there is significant consolidation at the top. As the country hurdles towards a recession, those agents who are able to provide a superior customer service and tell the story will survive, thrive. Seth Godin writes about superior customer service frequently. It's a dying art. And so when choosing a realtor, in order to understand their ability to provide you that excellent service, this is the single most important question you need to ask. What's your communication plan? How are you gonna let me know when a house comes onto the market? How are you gonna let me know when a seller accepts our offer or rejects the offer? What about if you're selling a home? How often will I hear from you? Just when there are showings? Communication is key, and I'm not talking about being able to communicate a value proposition. If your agent is willing to tell you bad news straight up, then maybe you have the wrong agent. Or if your agent is unwilling. Excuse me. This is an emotional business, but it's not okay to be afraid to tell the truth. Something's got to give. Open Door, the company that just lost almost a billion dollars in Q3, announced that they are bringing something called Open Door Exclusives to, to uh, GenPop. They've been developing a marketplace for over a year that will allow a seller to post their home for a 5% fee on a website that buyers get to scroll through and take a look at and buy. Think Craigslist, but cashed inside an Amazon-like modern way to buy a home. This is insane. 
The homes wouldn't be on the MLS, which is fine. It just means that they won't show up on ZillowRealtor.com unless those third-party companies were willing to broker into a separate agreement with Open Door, which means probably more money for Open Door. Really, the only reason why this matters is because the homes won't have the widest possible distribution in order to get the seller the most amount of use, which in theory turns into the highest amount of money. It's just convenient. I'm still more or less stuck on the whole idea that buying a home should be convenient. I think that is a myth. Purchasing a home doesn't have to be convenient, nor should it necessarily be easy. This is a huge investment that you're making, and if you don't think about it carefully, if you don't have a plan, that's what leads to the meltdown like 2008. I am, however, entirely in favor of it being so much simpler. Our industry is extremely fragmented, and lawsuits over the years have made things maddeningly complex. The mortgage process is beyond frustrating, and while we appreciate redundancies within the underwriting system so that there isn't another calamity, maybe the folks in the back office could start sharing the documents that we've already sent five times with each other. Yes, the entire process needs to be simpler, but do we really need an Amazon-like marketplace for home purchases? I feel like there are all sorts of bad things that are about to happen with this one, starting with the lawsuits. Lastly, it's time for the National Association of Home Builders Monthly Report. According to the NAHB, housing affordability fell to its lowest level in a decade. Only 42% of homes sold in Q3 were affordable to families making the U.S. national median income of $90,000 a year. The report also listed the top five least affordable major and small housing markets. There wasn't any area outside of California that made the top five in either category. Here's something though, depressing for me, Napa was number two for the small housing market. Less than 10% of the housing stock was affordable for a family making the area median income. This is inherently wrong. And we wonder why there's so much traffic on 12 and 29. No one can afford to live in Napa County. We've been saying this for years. We should be ashamed that Napa County isn't more affordable. Instead, we continue to fight against any policy or development that might bring change or more affordable housing. I sat through an amazing discussion on a housing affordability 10 days ago. It was put on by the Center for California Real Estate. There are several issues that affect housing affordability, but one of them really was land use issues. Small counties like Napa, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo, Marin, etc., they use these policies to limit building on county land so that the counties can remain exclusive. Oh, wait, sorry. I didn't mean that. I mean it so that the county retains the character that brought people to live there in the first place. Yeah, right. There are so many facets to housing affordability, but right now, land use is one of the biggest obstructions that there is today. Until we get our act together and start putting in place less protective policies surrounding ag land, we are going to continue having this problem. It's time for the rhetoric and minds to change. We have a problem and we need some common sense solutions to fix it. Up Valley and other areas like it need to take a hard look at how they're going to accommodate for an increase in the need for manual labor and the agricultural service, or quite literally one day, these industries are going to die on the vine and we'll have nothing to show for it. That's all for the Peterson Report for this Friday. I hope that you all have a great Thanksgiving and I'll see you on the flip side.